Hey kids, just so you know, we recorded this episode on February 10th, 2022, and things can change a lot in a very short period of time. So when this discussion of convention situation was handled, a lot of stuff was still in the air. But as of today, when I'm recording this addendum on February 12th, it's pretty much resolved itself. The Pony Cons were purchased by Shelley Worthley and are now independent. The remaining Furry Cons, Aquatifer, Painted Desert, Golden State, and Denver, have been spun off. Basically, they'll be run by an independent group of people that are trying to reform under a nonprofit. So a lot of our speculation is just basically out the window. Uh, Sin City Mercon is still very much a questionable. It's probably one and done, but that's that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, Boileroo has put out a statement on his situation with the con, and the conventions themselves have issued statements saying, yeah, we're going to go independent and work with local furries to salvage the events. So that's good news. That's probably the best outcome we could have hoped from this, because we don't want people to lose their cons. So bear in mind that our speculation for the next 50 minutes or so was recorded prior to all this resolving itself. Fuzz, it's like I can smell you. Really? It's so weird. Like, I can actually see you. <laughs> We're not doing this over Zoom, but I can still see you. <laughs> what the hell's going on here, man? Wow. What yeah. is real life? Smell-o-vision. Seeing each other in person? Jeez, weird. In the, in the Earl. Yeah, we sat down and ate shawarma, and I had a gyro. A lamb gyro. Yep. It was really good. Yeah, we're actually here. This is Southpaws, episode 511, where we're back in time, because apparently it's 2013 again, kids, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Vegas keeps killing. Yep. <laughs> oh, God. Is that when Las Pegasus was? Yep. 2013. You know, given the tenor of the conversation and the fandom the last few days, there will be some discussion of that situation and my personal history with some of the players in this game. But I'm Saverin. I'm Fuzzwolf. I'm Shiva. And we're here after an... It's actually thawed. It's nice. Today it was like 70 fucking degrees. Yeah. And we had the apartment all opened up and airing mm-hmm. out. It was mm. really nice. Winter in this state lasted like five minutes this year. Yeah. We <laughs> had three days where it was fuck you cold and it killed a bunch of plants. And then it's like, all right, well, back to 70. Yeah. So that's where we're at. It's still supposed to get near freezing, so if you got anything out there. Yeah, like, mm. I still had a couple of my plants just up and die for some reason, but... They got mad. Yeah, they got mad, they just curled up and died, even though I brought them in. I lost one of my larger plants out of my bo- out of my big planter outside, but everything else was fine, and then in one of my smaller pots that I brought inside, both the plants in it died. But apparently I've made these, like, mutant hybrids that are super fucking hot but also just really gross and acrid which ones well they were supposed to be serranos but like they dry up and crinkle like cayennes Mm. and i'm like did i accidentally like hybridize these bitches somehow well only if you like planted hybrid seeds or something well i mean if they can pollinate each other yeah so fucking interspecies erotica fucko yeah i had some uh inter yeah, but you would only get that if, like, you planted <clears throat> seeds out of a really weird pollination. Pollinating know. doesn't make the fruit weird. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Got you some of them Alabama seeds. 
Well, anyways, the peppers that I've grown are kind of gross. It's kind of a shame. (laughs) I've been working to keep these fuckers alive since like August and I finally get a couple peppers off them and they're just gross. And I'm like, I hate it. It is revolting. Yeah. <sighs> so how are you guys doing? What is new in the world of Fuzz and Shiva? I don't remember what we TF- talked about last time. TFF is spinning up yeah. and eating my life. No. Yeah. It's in less than two months. It's almost like, yeah, a- shortly it'll be less than one month. Jeez. Ugh. Yeah. It's the, we, we, 17th is load in, so that's St. Paddy's Day. We're not too far off from that. Mm. So yeah, we're like five weeks out. Jesus. Thank you for giving me a way to actually remember where when it is. What, St. Paddy's Day? Yeah, because TFF has sort of hopped around a little bit the last few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, not counting COVID years, of course, but... You know, in 2021, we were on be- the moon. Yeah, February, beginning of March, end of March. April one year. Where it's never by choice. It's always oh, by know. at the mercy of the hotel. Yeah. Yep. At yep. least <laughs> as long as we're at our current venue, it will always be the same weekend, at least for as long as we got current contracts. Okay. So so stability, yay. For you know, a few years will, at least. That'll be good to remember. That's right around Sarah's birthday too, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's like the week before. You can get fucked up. <laughs> mm, I don't know if they would want to do that, but oh, yeah, we're Fiesta's coming up. I got HarmonyCon this coming weekend. Most harmonious. Yeah, PonyCon time with my dad in chemo and my mom being his caretaker. Them being around filthy bronies is not a great idea. So, where are they having Harmony? Um, it's at a, the Westin off of one fourteen northeast of the airport. Mm. Um, oh. Fuzz and I we went there for that. Har- texas frightmare weekend one time okay yeah it's not a huge venue but it's also not a huge con so yeah but i know plenty of people it'll be there i, can I was probably gonna say some... no they're still gonna do it at the addison crown they're just gonna break in set up some floodlights i don't think it's been sold yet oh it's gonna <laughs> rot in the ground that poor thing the con or the hotel yeah <laughs> the hotel like the crown plaza like was already in disrepair and it sat empty for like two years now. Ugh. Well, so COVID killed it. Was already tr- well. They were also they were doing remember, a stupid parking thing. They did the stupid parking thing. They also started turning their noses up at like fandom conventions. Yeah, they wanted to be higher class. There was like one year they had five fandom conventions or something like that at the same hotel, and like it was their bread and butter. And then they got new management in, and they were like, no, no. No, no, we only want business conventions, and we're going to charge for parking now. And I'm like, y'all eat the Ritz, yeah. So yeah, and this Holiday is like in and Addison. It's like, oh, it's a Crown Plaza, anyway. and it's, it's not even like covered parking. It was like the parking out in the lot. sun parking. <laughs> yeah, and the parking garage. And it's like which wasn't even an enclosed parking garage. Yeah, like you just, just were a, underneath a little bit of shade. That's it. It's yeah, just, they made a lot of bad decisions with yeah. that hotel. They did. They well, did. It's Which sad, is a pity I'm- because it's like I've been to that hotel so many times between the years Fiesta was there, but then also Nightmare Nights was there and that Siesta. Con and- Siesta. I've been there to Alcon. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I'd been to FenCon when it was there, but FenCon had been there. I think I went to FenCon once there. Yeah, I went to Alcon either once I or mean, twice. But yeah, Alcon was there several years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, conventions are at the mercy of con hotels so much. Yeah. Um, and if they change hands, then things can get bad for you. Yep. Which kind of leads into our opening topic. Right, <laughs> yeah. So we were we were going to discuss uh, 
Well, Sin City Murcon happened. Was this past weekend? Yes, yeah, this it was past, past weekend, weekend. Yeah. in uh, Las Vegas, and so I'd seen. Um, so just talking about this con itself, from what I'd seen, seen people saying like it was relatively small, but people seemed to have a really good time. A lot of the dealers were like sales were a little light. Um, it was not a great selling con. But they had a they had a good time, and the atmosphere of the con itself was was very good. I did see some complaints that the con hotel though was very hostile to the attendees, and uh, apparently some of the backstory I don't know how true this is, but they had a room rate. This part's true. Their room rate was one hundred and sixty four dollars a night, and apparently when they had gotten a contract for that rate. Between the time they got the contract and the time the convention happened, the hotel had changed hands, mm-hmm. either ownership or management or both. I'm not sure. But there was like one or two other events at the hotel the same weekend who did not have quite a sweet uh, rate on the room block that the furries did. And there was just a general feeling that the furries were like their redheaded stepchild, like a lot of the hotel staff were like just sort of snarky and dismissive and funny enough i mentioned to saverin this was the same venue that um high roller pony con was at which was the last mlp con in vegas i think i don't remember what year that was like i i don't know if that was a one and done or not but like they were like hey we're gonna do a con in vegas again everyone was like um Um, that didn't go well but like so like i was i was interested in this con because it's like an 18 plus con um all the uh panels were very adult the one that made me actually chuckle because um i'd seen i'd uh, the list of the panels and um one of them was like castration 101 let's go nuts oh, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and i was like okay that's cool all the panels were, were adults so it was it wasn't like the other con that's 18 plus where they're like yeah it's 18 plus no kids and you know we don't have to cover shit up but it's not openly like sexual this one seemed to be more like hey it's called sin city Mercon. we're going to be sexual but um so at least as far as the attendees are concerned most people seem to say that they were they enjoyed it the one person i saw on twitter that said they didn't enjoy it was a dumbass who wore like fucking police tactical gear and then got all pissed off because apparently it says very clearly in the con rules no cop costumes which i'm fine with a con having that rule because hell our local con has that rule and i don't think we're the only ones yeah and this you know this guy was all pissed off about it it's like well I, I mean, I, I, I saw his picture online and I'm like, yeah, you totally look like a dude I would expect to like, like break into a mall or a school and just start fucking shooting. He wasn't yeah. wearing, he wasn't the horny police. He was the fucking horny SWAT. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, Vegas is obviously not very friendly to that type of cosplay, especially after, you know, the mass shooting. Yeah. That they had there like a couple years ago. Right. So any motherfucker in like tactical body gear, even if they're just don't have anything else, they're going to raise an alarm. Yeah. The idea of the horny police at 
the Sin City Murakon is amusing. I'll grant him that. But, yeah, but you th- could have dressed as like the hot pants cop from Reno 911. Right. Yeah. You could have done something else with it. No, nah, he wanted an excuse to wear his, his tactical shit and like the fake grenades or whatever. Yeah. Flashbangs or whatever they were supposed to be. And so it's, fuck that guy. So like, fuck that guy, you know. But uh, so overall, I mean, it sounded like uh, at least at the attendee level on, on the forefront, front of house things went well yeah apart from some attitude from the hotel it seems like a fun time and like like the only thing else i saw from that was the dude that did the cum pizza decided to do a cum bong and it was like okay yeah. whatever. Oh, i didn't know it was the same guy yeah he's just an attention whore oh okay like, i did right, hear dude, about the cum bong but i didn't realize you it was do the same you dude. but i'm just gonna go yeah it sucks because people said they had a good time, and I know people busted their asses to make it happen, uh-huh. but there has been some issues around the organization. Right. Um, so Sin City Mercon is one of the saddle, the constellation of events that is run by Corgi Events LLC, a for-profit convention company. They are not a 501c7. They are not a 501c3 like Fiesta. Like, we're a proper-ass charity. They are a for-profit business, and they've been shady as fuck for a long time. In addition to Sin City, run Golden State Fur Con, the Arizona Painted one? Desert Painted Desert Fur Con, Con Aquata Fur, Denfer, and... Isn't there one other one? There's five furry cons, I thought. There's Don't five. they do some pony, too? Yeah. Yeah, there's five furry cons and two ponies. So, Sin City, Aquatifer, Painted Desert, Golden State. And Sin City. No? No. Well, you said Sin City. Sin, Sin City, Denver, Painted Desert, Golden State, Aquatifer. Okay. We did then, name all five. Of them. All right. And then Winnie City, Pony Con, and... Ponyville Cider Ponyville Fest? Ponyville Cider Fest. Right. What cities are they in? Um, Milwaukee and Chicago. Okay. Winnie City, Windy City. Gotcha. Right, yeah. Cider Fest is in Milwaukee. Okay. So, I have a history with this group that goes back to around 2014 or so. Nightmare Nights. With Nightmare Nights. Because these guys, this guy, Corey Woods, his group... Was running conventions. He ran an anime. He was part of an anime convention up there in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And then he also had a trio of pony conventions under his belt. MLP MSP, which was positioned against BabsCon. Ponyville Cider Fest, which was positioned against Nightmare Nights. And Winnie City, which was positioned against TrotCon. Mm-hmm. These motherfuckers were intentionally setting up conventions to try to split the market and steal share. They never succeeded because our dates changed every year and we never, we didn't mention them ahead of time. So they dodged us like by two weeks on either side any time they tried. Um, but they're really trying to be on the same weekend as us because they're cunts. Mm. Um, so... I already had a real negative opinion of these guys. Then, you know, them coming in, doing the for-profit thing in the furry space, which is antithetical to our community-orientated fandom. Right. Um, like, yeah, they filled in the gap in Denver with after Rocky Mountain exploded. But, like, coming in and sitting predatorily over dates similar to FC or sitting over by Arizona FurCon or any other conventions that they've been squatting nearby, that's like, just bad behavior. They, they set up Golden State FurCon while Califer's body was still cooling. Yeah. And, like, they're in the same town as Arizona FurCon and not an incredibly far amount of time between them. Yeah. Um, and Arizona also has another, like, small con. It's like a two-day event. I forget what it's called. It's like a 
mini or small con or something uh-huh. but uh kind of like siesta i guess yeah yeah it's like a spinoff i think of arizona for a con okay so like their siesta yep so drama seems to have popped off after this weekend because you know conventions in vegas have a long history of going south uh the big one in 2013 was or no, 2012 I don't know. I remember. Mm. Uh, it was Las Pegasus Unicon, which is a bit of internet history that if you haven't heard of, you should probably look up a explainer video on it because it's really insane. It was a early fandom convention where they were like, we're going to bring in a million billion people and all these guests and vastly, vastly overestimated what they could do. And this was like an early pony fandom thing. And we had to convince Hasbro to allow us to actually be able to do the convention still because this was massively embarrassing to them Mm. so that was a bit of fandom history and so like here we are the curse of vegas is struck again um like you said they didn't have a lot of attendees sales were a little eh you know cons in vegas are expensive 700 people i think i mean which honestly is not bad for a first year con especially during a pandemic but you gotta consider i bet it was really expensive to run yeah you're running space in vegas yeah but for whatever reason the owner of the company fired another individual under them Mm -hmm. and that resulted in an interesting cascade failure right the individual fired i believe had i think they were their vendor lead no they were the former con chair of denver they were like an events coordinator or something like that because their vendor lead is the one that sent out the email to the vendor list at denver yeah was it just to the denver list or to everybody i think that one was just to the denver list okay because the big inciting incident was an email going out saying hey if you signed up for a table don't pay these guys Uh, And if you have, you should request a refund, which obviously coming in at 8 p.m. at night ruffled a lot of feathers, especially Mm -hmm. since some people didn't see it till the next morning. Right. And uh, that got everybody alerted, alerted and alarmed. (laughs) That got everyone LARPing. Yeah. They were out in the woods at like nine o'clock at night. Digging for berries. Magic missile. Dressed up as different furry cons. Yeah. Like that video from years ago where someone dumped in the name of all the furry conventions over Over the the fight scene. scene. Yes. Yeah. Or Fiesta. (laughs) Hey! Throws a grenade. Yeah. Um, But this kicked off this big, like, obviously valid uh, bit of concern from the vendor community because what the hell's going on and then all their websites went down and yeah the other thing that happened was the person who claims that they were doing all the it work and were not being paid for it and this person getting fired was the final straw so apparently all of their like website infrastructure was hosted on this one furry server for free and she pulled the plug yeah. So every convention website and the Corgi events website all went down. And um and currently the least last I checked, the only thing is that's on any of the websites is a letter from the CEO. So I'm assuming he was able to redirect the DNS to like a, a basic web page. No. But like all of the content and bones and structure of all those con websites or on a server that he probably doesn't have access to at this point. If, like, this dude is running a business and he wasn't paying for his own IT, fucking stupid. Yeah. To further complicate matters, the con chair of Denfer quit 
mysteriously. Mm-hmm. Then, and ten days before that, the con chair of the two pony cons they own quit. Charlie Worthy. Um, he's going to be at Harmony Con this coming weekend. I'm going to pick his ear because <laughs> uh, it's. I was like, oh, it might. You know, I figured it's probably health. You know, he's an older dude, older mm. like our age. You mean? Yes. Okay. He, he's but our been age. doing cons for ten or twelve years yes. at this point. He's right? a veteran as much as we are, and so to have him just kind of quit out of the blue and not really elaborate on it, you know, mm-hmm. walks in the room, quits, doesn't explain himself, and leaves. What you know, raised an eyebrow amongst my cohort, but we were just kind of like, whatever. You know, not yeah. our not our problem, not our scene anymore. Yeah. But then, like, this going down so quickly thereafter, it really makes me wonder what the hell is going on. Because it's not just that, all right, this one person quit and the IT person who was running their websites dropped their sites and the con chair quit. They've had this massive cascade failure of people just being like, all right, well, fuck you, I quit too. Yeah. So it's like you have this massive chunk of your staff just quitting pretty close to the event, not to mention your websites are all gone. And it's thrown a lot of now this happened after sin city but i guess it's golden state is yeah it's the next one is the next one when is that supposed to happen yeah denver is the biggest but denver is not for like six months yeah but they have to survive that long given the situation at hand you know yeah like the big problem is if this guy was basically counting on each con to pay for the next, he's going to be in a bad spot. Because if Sin City didn't make a lot of money that he can pour into Golden State, and if Golden State doesn't make money that he can pour into Denver or whatever, I mean, it's this is sequential. Mm-hmm. You know, each you know the way conventions normally work, it's each year pays for the next, not each convention pays for the next, and you have seven in a goddamn year. But rip to him, we're different. It reminds me a lot of the pony con drama, like people would try to spin something up and it'd fail, or they'd try to do this, that, and the other, and, or snipe at another person, and it wouldn't work. The The drama around this, like, obviously, I don't know a lot of who these people are, and I'm sure most of them might be assholes, I don't know. But I do know that this is like, you know, that XKCD comic of, like, the structure of the internet and then the little thing holding up the mass majority just is labeled furries oh right it's kind of like that person was the peg and they got fired and then everything just falls over yeah it's unfortunate to see because like as an individual with a negative history with this company i'm just munching popcorn like they at minimum should have had better access revocation protocols if they're gonna fire someone make sure they can't send an email after they're fired Mm -hmm. because it's not just the fuck you fuck you fuck you hey bob you're cool fuck you i quit right it's inciting a massive panic that shakes the confidence in your company to the core and like have vendors uh, pulling out of denfer ahead of six months ahead of time and people calling oh the con's dead the con's dead and i'm like damn dude like this is impressively bad (laughs) like obviously you know i don't have any love for this guy but i also feel bad that like he just like he kicked out the load-bearing furry in his entire organization without knowing it Mm. but yeah like so to me it was like hey we need to make sure that if we fire somebody that has access to these emails we disable access to these emails before we fire them see okay in this i will say from what i understand in this case this this one person got fired, but then it was the dealer's lead who was for Sin City who was like sent out the email to the Denver vendor list. Like they hadn't been fired. They sent out that email 
Okay. And I thought it was a friend of the person that got fired. I don't it's, know. If yeah, that's they are, but mess. they're also the vendor lead for Sin City. But they're they're they are a friend of the person that got fired. But they they were also a vendor lead for at least one con, possibly two, and they sent out the email to the Denver vendor list. So there wasn't really like a from the looks of it, there wasn't like a data leak or anything this person had access because they were supposed to have access to the vendor mailing list but you know obviously after they sent that email the sure they're no longer associated with the company yeah and then like this other person at bat boy basil was like i'm no longer creativity director for Corey events llc the choice yep. was made for us both my partner and i were removed from all cons for being friends with the person fired we were both online even doing saying nothing and we were let go with no warning there's screen caps out there of the owner of the company just removing fucking everybody from multiple telegram chats and saying that they're just cleaning up old shit and other people are like no, this was used last month. Like, there's a lot of misinformation yeah, out this, there. Like, he's clearly cleaning house, but, I mean, how good an idea is that when you got seven fucking cons to run? See, my big question here, then, is who is going to even work with this guy after this, right? Like, even if you're going to pick this this dude's side, no one else is going to want to work with you. Right. Like, well, here's what I would anticipate happening is that the locals in each community are going to be like, we don't want to lose our con. So we're going to pull together and make this happen. And now, financially, I don't know how that would work out. But as far as, like, paws on the ground, people on site in that city willing to volunteer, run the den, do panels, I think the community will probably, like, show up to try and make sure X-Con happens. It's been, it's like almost running the con in spite of itself. It's like, running a con in spite of the owner of the company. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a <laughs> fucked up situation to be in. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I've seen other conventions where the the chair or whoever is at the top sucks ass and the con goes off effectively in spite of that person rather than because of that person. Because all the other staff stepped up and did their jobs to the max. <laughs> Please don't bite your fingers off, Shiva. You might need those. Shiva's choking on her, her hookah whole... and trying not to yeah, cough. Shoving her whole fist in her mouth. No, um, I'm not. Yes. We won't go into it, Shiva, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I'm not talking about any convention in particular. Well, anyways, so we're <laughs> at a situation. <laughs> hmm. amount of uncertainty but you have literally seven cons in the balance like yeah yeah at personally i think this guy's come up and this is a long time coming but also like you're talking about people in what la and irvine california and denver at least like where's a quadifer it's in wisconsin i think what why would you is it okay I want to say it's sense. in Madison. I might be wrong about that. It's just one of those where it's like aquatic. You don't think aquatic. You think a coast. You think this in Florida, but fucking Great Lakes. Yeah, we're going to go take a, a dip in Lake Michigan. 
Freeze our nips off. <laughs> I don't think it's in winter, but... Um, I think the Great Lakes are still pretty cold year-round, but what do I know? <laughs> so, 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 Saffron. Okay. Kind of related to weird to naming conventions for convention, I found the Anime Con with the best name. Ooh. Oh. It's in Ohio. Okay. You can't guess what it is? Ohio Con? Yes. It's O H A Y O. Yes. Ohio. <gasps> yeah. Oh. It's, so it's Hello Con. <laughs> Greetings Con. That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's good. I mean, if you're going to hold an anime convention in Ohio, come on. That's a really good name. Like, not <laughs> going to lie. I, I like the name of the. Uh, the LLC or corporation or whatever it is, the the board that runs Anthro Expo is our way, Oklahoma. Oh, oh. yeah, <laughs> it's it's very cute because they also incorporate kind of the OO into the design. Yes, yeah, um, and they have really cute like standees and art things for their signage and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But the shit with Corgi events, it's still going to be playing out like you had Boozy Badger subtweeting you. Or tweeting them. That's usually not a good thing. Like, see, I don't know if he was necessarily subtweeting them or people protecting themselves against them. But basically, stop I, running your mouth and start getting a lawyer involved. I, if you I think that's the thing. Off. I think the last one he tweeted was probably about people who were tweeting about law shit with knowing fucking all. Oh, but so I most furries, right? So, but I specifically saw one earlier that was like I've said it before and I'll say it again. Law, shut the fuck up and get a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, yes, don't spend all night posting on Twitter, replying to your detractors, posting screen caps of evidence. Shut the fuck up and get a lawyer. Because, like, you're dealing with, on its paper, a massive financial problem. And you're posting through it like it's a fucking call-out post. There's real big boy money involved in this. You're talking on a corporation that's sitting on, like, seven hotel contracts. It can't just go poof. And so these people are posting like they're children while they're supposed to be adults running a big-ass corporation and not shutting the fuck up, for one, Mm. and two, not getting their lawyer involved because there are arguably crimes that have been committed involved here. And I'm From not saying, slander to... Well, like, slander to, like, possible a data breach if this person, like could be said to be not authorized to email the stuff they access to mm-hmm. like taking down the websites without warning, you know, depends on if they had a contract. Exactly. For it. Like there's all these questions that I'm not going to speculate on, but it is like, there's actual probable like criminal and civil liability issues in play here. And they're posting through it. Like it's a call out post made by a 15 year old. So the big final takeaway is that on the internet, it is always shut the fuck up Friday. Just look it up. Shut the fuck up Friday. It's a lawyer telling you what to do. How do you talk to the cops? And it's just, cop asks you a question. You shut the fuck up and get a lawyer. Mm-hmm. They ask to come say, you shut the fuck up and get a lawyer. <laughs> all it is. Um, and it's funny because it's like these older people who, like, they're older lawyers mm-hmm. just being like. Well, there was like a video I saw. It was like two elderly activists. Yeah. And then there's another one I saw that was like an older dude and a much and an older woman uh-huh. who are much the same way, but still doing like a cop wants you to come downtown and ask a few questions. And she's like, shut the fuck up. It's yeah. this little old lady saying this. So yeah, hey, people really need to take that advice and learn when not to post on twitter.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, it's 
stupid because we're half an hour into the recording and we've talked about nothing but bullshit on twitter.com. It's just disappointing because it impacts the community in a negative way. There are people that really put a lot of time and effort into the conventions. Like, there are people that spend a lot of time making Denver into a bigger deal. And so you have people that have put a lot of time and effort into an event that is now massively up in the air through no fault of their own. Right. Because it's not just one dude at the top that's getting affected here. It's literally everybody that's volunteered and spent their time. (laughs) (laughs) I reacted that way, too, when I read about it. Yeah, just meow. (laughs) Yeah, which is amazing because I'm a wolf. But, uh... (laughs) Yeah, I think it's too early in the day to be like Golden State and Denver are canceled. They're not not happening. You're all fucked. You know, Um, a lot can happen between two months to six months away. And I have no idea how this is going to go. You know, like the company is saying one thing. They're like, it's all good. We got the money. Some, Some of the shit's already paid for. You know, these cons are going to happen. And other people are like, you know, cancel your shit, demand your refunds. I honestly don't know what to tell you. I mean, you know, I, I'm fortunate enough that, that, like, I've only been, the company's only been a dealer at one Corgi event, and that was Denver. And that was because it was like, it's in Denver, and it was the successor to Rocky Mountain. But the other ones have all been, all popped up in relatively recent years and outside of our immediate area so it's yeah, not not in markets we normally go to right it's not i mean i didn't even go to Califor because when it existed because it was too far away so like we're not doing golden state yeah um but i just so i mean i'm kind of fortunate and i don't have any money on the hook but i mean i gotta say from the outside looking in as soon as i heard about this company setup i was like this seems like a really shitty idea to build a company based on running conventions that, with the exception of one, are in states where you don't live, rather than just having locals start up their own convention. And to do now, I've said this before. I was like, if a convention has a for-profit corporate structure, doesn't necessarily mean they're evil. It's just a hell of a lot easier to do, as far as the paperwork is concerned. But uh, I mean, this guy's pretty much on the record as this is for profit and he's trying to live off of it. And I'm like, uh, having been involved with con staffs and con boards and, and been a dealer at many, many conventions, I'm just like, running conventions is not a profitable business, not in a furry community. Yeah. Like, if you're running like, Dallas Comic Con, you get like a hundred thousand people coming through the K. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center over the weekend because you've got William Shatner and David Tennant doing autographs and photo ops, and you're dealing with literal millions of dollars. Then the people at the top that own that string of conventions. They make some fucking money. The people that own a company like Wizard World that sets up cons in different big cities all across the country. Fucking people at the top of that pile make some money. A guy trying to make some money or even just make a living wage off of running seven furry or fandom conventions. That ain't going to work, my dude. You know, that's that's a lot of work. That just seems like a. It seems like a bad business plan. 
Yeah, because like the only reason it works is like what you said, it's volume, but they're also playing with much much larger wads of cash. Like yeah. you know, you're talking about like I mentioned, Reed Pop. They run all the packs now. Packs mm-hmm. East, packs West, packs Australia. Rip, rest in peace, packs South. That's dead. Yeah. Like, but they're bringing in corporations and selling booth space to get these people to come and demonstrate their games. And there's you know, 60, 80, 100,000 gamers coming through versus trying to make a living off, well, Sin City Mercon that you said had like 750 people. Yeah. that There's no money there. It's, there's no margins. Like, even an established convention with a large budget, you're like not making much money on the top end, even if you were for profit, because, you know, everything's fucking expensive. Yeah. And so, like, when I ran Nightmare Nights, I never made any money. I didn't do it to make money. When For those of us that have done Fiesta for many, many, many years, we lose money every year because we put money in. Like, I need to buy uh, like four more game licenses before Fiesta that I'll just out of pocket until I can get the money back post-con because the games that I wanted to buy weren't out yet. Right. Um, and so like I feel that because the fandom, because of the furry fandom, as its own thing without... like. We're not bringing in big voice actors. Like, yeah, we got Ben Diskin to come and the dude that did Rivali's voice, Sean Chiplock. But, like, it's not like we're bringing in David Tennant. We're not paying $75,000 for Weird Al to grace us with his presence. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we're dealing like small VAs that don't have large appearance fees and largely community driven. Like, yeah. we're not playing with huge amounts of money here. And You're talking four digits, not five and six digit. Oh yeah, like you know, appearance fees. Sean Chiplock's like five grand, maybe if that. Most of the people, but I'm sure, the cast of Agrotsuko are probably something similar. Yeah, but also they're just like, yeah, you want to pay for me to have a vacation weekend? Sure, whatever, weirdos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For most part, like smaller voice actors, they're like, yeah, sure, I'll come have fun. They're that was my drinks. Speaking of the cast of Agrotsuko, that was one of the Denfers, like. They had Ben Diskin, um, ben Diskin and, um, the Fenico and Retsuko, like all three of them were guests. Oh, that's cool. Mm. And there was this charity thing that you could bid to get uh, one of the VAs doing a voice clip for you, you know, one of the characters. And apparently, um, allegedly, nobody told or coordinated that with the voice actors. Oh, no. They just took people's money and, like, like one of the people that posted on twitter about it they're like it's been nine months since the convention and they included um diskin and and caitlin and and the other actors ats in the twitter and like eventually they did get their voice clip or whatever you know offline after the con but apparently the vas knew nothing about it that's awful yeah, that's and what uh, and that's what I'm saying allegedly. But looking at the Twitter, it's like this is what this person is saying happened, yeah. and that was more than one person because like each of them were offered. Like, yeah, you, that that's something you really have to work out ahead of time, especially like to declare what they're gonna say and all that fun stuff. But it's like, come on, man. Yeah, you know, they're writing checks, their ashes, and cashing, and that sucks. It sucks to see in our community because I've seen it happen a lot of times with for, with pony cons, and it happens a lot with comic cons. Because those a lot are very see your fucking pants there things. Yeah, like, like, like the pony cons had a lot of grift. Yeah, and I've heard like the comic cons and the big we'll get twenty actors to show up and sign shit kind of cons. They have a lot of grift. Yeah, a lot of 
not pleasant personalities fighting over a fairly finite resource, but with big money involved. Yeah. And, you know, allegedly that's happening here in our community for much smaller amounts of money but still like you know it affects a lot of people like you know dealers like that just they have to pay for their table that they have to prepare merch or hand make it if they're um a crafter type dealer arrange for flights arrange for hotel rooms like you know just an individual person even just and like for most people they got to decide which one they're going to go to. Yep. Yeah. It's like AZ for Con or Painted Desert. They're relatively close by in the same market even. Like, you're you're forcing vendors to have to gamble. And yeah, you're right. Because this does happen a lot of time in Comic Cons and whatnot. But they're scrambling for pennies, relatively. Instead of the scrambling for actual dollar bills when it comes to these larger Comic Cons. Right. It's just unethical at its face. Like, you are coming in and importing basically an insidious, cancerous business practice into a community that is driven by itself. We are not driven by NIP. We're not driven by Pony. We're not driven by anything but our own community. And when you try to monetize it like you would a fucking Comic-Con where people are arguing over, you know, the autograph of insert comic person here mm-hmm. it, it doesn't fucking translate on one hand i don't want to see a bunch of markets lose conventions but on the other hand i wouldn't shed a tear if corgi events turned to dust like just just thanos snap yeah just thanos <laughs> snap them you know and like the thing with their pony cons is like that represents 40 percent of the remaining conventions in that fandom right the only ones after that are harmony con babs con and Trocon. and then you know if winnie city and cider fest go you know that's it. Because, you know, the Brony fandom kind of fell off. L plus ratio. Boy, people said that wasn't going to happen. No, no, the fandom's not dying. The convention scene isn't shrinking. And now there's only five cons yeah. left. Wow. In, like, in the U.S. I think there might be, like, one in the U.K. still. And Turf mm-hmm. Island, but who knows. I don't pay attention to that anymore. But it has been interesting to go back and be like, hey, guys... Remember Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it's the bad old days once again. Yeah. I didn't even have a ball pit. Yeah, like, <laughs> Unicon was pre-DashCon. Like, it's like DashCon 0.0. Yeah. DashCon Alpha. <laughs> yes. Like, you get an extra hour in the media pit. God. Bad old days. And that that was actually, you know, going back to that, that mm-hmm. was one of the years we were at still at the Crown Plaza. Yeah. So I'm like, I wasn't there. I was managing my room and seeing all this shit go down on Twitter.com. Wait, was that, was Unicon the week? Oh, Unicon was, was the, the weekend, of a, weekend of a fiesta. Oh my God. I was going, like, I had been offered to be flown out there and have a room and all that shit. Yeah. With Flane and do, you know, the podcast bit because we'd been giving them a lot of promotion. But right. I was like, oh, your Fiesta weekend? Well, shit. No, I have my my loyalty lies to Fiesta. You have your own con that you help found. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I've got to stay here, so good luck, kids. And, and so Flane I, went. Yeah. Was it Las Our, Pegasus or Dashcon where voice actors got stiffed? It was Las Pegasus. I was like, probably both. Yeah, I don't think Dashcon had, like, guests. Didn't really. have, uh, like, YouTubers? Yeah, but they're not real people. Wait, Dash, it was Tumblr. That, yeah, it was a Tumblr Yeah, it was a Tumblr fandom, right. Or it was like the Super Hulocks and the Homestucks. And yeah. 
That's like when I first heard the name, I assumed it was like an MLP con for Rainbow Dash fans. Yeah, and then I was like, wait, there's a Tumblr con. Dash con at the because of the dashboard on Tumblr. Oh. Why That's do you remember that name. and I don't? Okay, anyways, yeah. it doesn't matter. Fandoms, what the fuck, right? But the, right. their last remaining effigy is the ball pit. Yeah. The ball pit will live forever. Honestly, like, I've seen people still make that joke to this day. It's uh, it's Besides a meme. Us? It's on Know Your Meme. It's, it's mean, iconic. Like, I just saw, I swear, like, just a few months ago, some stupid thing happened and somebody photoshopped it into the Dashcon ball pit. I don't even remember what it was. I think it was like a, it was one of the right wing MAGA rallies that was really badly attended and the back half of the room was empty and someone photoshopped in the ball pit from Dashcon. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was such a sad ball pit in the middle of an empty room. A big empty con space, man. In a ball pit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I know when that one anime con up in Tulsa was a total fucking disaster. Someone photoshopped the ball pit into like the. I still the can't believe what they did to the dealers for that grocery store. Or it was an it abandoned was. Hobby Lobby. Abandoned Hobby Lobby, yeah. With like dripping and exposed wires. Yeah, because yep. they gutted it down to the fucking studs and <laughs> just. Who the fuck thought that was a good idea? You know. <sighs> Tulsa, it's kind of cursed. So this has been the holy shit furry conventions, what the fuck hour almost. Right, we like fifty minutes on the raw here. It's... It'll be cut down slightly, but like this has just been us going, holy shit, wow, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes you're just sitting there on Twitter and you're just like, hey, hey, fellow con person. You want to see a con chair do something really stupid? And you just hold up the tweet thread like, look at this. Ah, and your it's face the, melts. You want to see how I got these scars? <laughs> these mental scars? <laughs> well, I took a razor and I chewed it up in my mouth. And then I used my blood to sign a contract in Las Vegas. Ah. <laughs> well, because like, I, I, I messaged Flane and I was like, hey, you remember 2013? And he was like, oh, no, it's happening again. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's one of those, like, convention veteran things where you get to ping your old friends and be like, hey, dudes, remember this shit? Check it out. Here's another example of it. I hope the communities can figure their shit out. And, like, I've already seen people be like, well, I guess I need to start up a convention in Denver. Uh, so one of the other things that I have allegedly that I have I have seen people saying and heard through back channels that in both Denver and SoCal, there were locals planning to set up a con. Corgi Events swooped in and was like, hey, that sounds like a great idea. We'll bankroll it and we'll put it under our name. And the locals that are like, oh, these guys are experienced running cons. That sounds like a great idea. And as soon as they sign on to that and Corgi signs the hotel paperwork then they get rid of those people's con chairs or high level staffers and they bring their own people in and they effectively take over a con in an area where they don't live yep coming in absorbing people like an amoeba Mm. and i'm just like you know i was thinking of how you guys had to go to the sheraton and taste um a bunch of the food that they'll be 
serving for the super sponsor thing Mm -hmm. and i was like that's not something that five or six or however many people could go and do if you weren't local to the convention that you're putting on yeah you know like the best cons are the 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 best people for your con that's like you could totally have staff from people who are who are distant but like your random panel track lead doesn't have to live in dallas but your core staff, your leads, your your board, hopefully, just definitely your chairs should be local. Your hotel liaison, it would definitely be helpful because yeah. you want people that are familiar with the area. Like, you know, Sarah handles the food trucks for Fiesta. Knowing what food truck companies we have locally. And are good. And, and are good to work with. And like, for previous years when we hadn't had the super sponsor dinner at the hotel just knowing what restaurants are available and good to go to and shit like that just local knowledge it's like super important for planning a convention so whenever I, I, i hear about a group of people being like oh that's a cool city to have a convention in we should do that even though it's a thousand miles away and we know nobody that lives there i just think that's a terrible idea well, I can say for certain that the food that the Sheraton is going to do is fucking delicious. Yeah. Because they their food was amazing. I got their, yeah. like, adult grilled cheese, and it was uh, this super buttery sourdough with two kinds of cheese and bacon with yeah. tomato soup. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. The adult grilled cheese sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. I need to take, like, a bottle of lactate and chomp into one yeah. of those. The, at the, so they got, like, a little Starbucks-y uh coffee shop and i lord i hope they have it then they gave us ice cream macaroons so they're like the size of like a normal ice cream sandwiches but they're smushed between two macaroons Mm -hmm. macarons whatever the french ones not the coconut ones Mm. um it's just like this and i had like a strawberry with it was a coconut cream it didn't taste coconut it is just coconut milk non-dairy uh filling Mm. and oh my god it was delicious. They had like a confetti one. So it's like the, the sprinkles, kind of birthday cake flavored. Oh my God. I hope that they have those because I swear to God, I'm going to just buy a ton and <laughs> give them out to people as, you know, good boys. You did good. Have a treat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and they had these, um, they're like little energy bites that they served us. It's it's like a, about the size of like a Buckeye. So like a good marble sized like large marble mm. size and it was like and they named it something cute like puppy treats and it was like peanut butter mixed with a couple like protein powder and some other stuff and you took a bite it was kind of like eating raw cookie dough mm. but because it's so proteiny dense it's like wow i took a bite of this this is going to be something where if i haven't eaten lunch this is going to be something that's going to be substantial enough for me to hold and they are shelf stable Oh, so I can go and get a pack of them in like one of the food stands, bring them back to my table, and I don't have to worry about refrigerating them. Right. They are tasty and they are a good meal replacement. It's kind of like having like an energy bar in like a little ball form, but they mix them up and make different flavors of these. Sounds cool. So, so so yeah, uh, come to the furry fiesta. Yeah, they they got really. I am enthusiastic. Oh God, the uh, they made a waffle cone. And they put a piece of fried chicken in it and drizzle it so you could kind of eat like the fried chicken out of the, 
instead of chicken and waffles, it was chicken oh. waffle cone. Oh, and neat. It was like okay. chicken strips, tendies. Yeah, okay. and like drizzles of like uh, maple syrup over the top. So it was very chicken and waffle, but also very walkable. And that's what they're going to be selling at the little food kiosks, right? Yep. Um, they have really good little salads that they demoed on us. There wasn't a thing that they served us. Oh, God, the hot dogs were amazing. There was nothing that they didn't serve us that wasn't absolutely fucking amazing and i don't want you know i could have just had it anywho she no, got it, to eat food yeah she got to eat food i got to eat food the one time i got to go i had one able to join the second time but it was just like yeah there's just like lots of good food options coming up for fiesta like we get to shift from like wow these guys suck to hey we're planning some cool shit i mean i we, mean shill 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 hey, it's not i don't see we got i don't know if i call it shilling it's not shilling it's just like hey this food's really good and so like your options as an attendee when you're downtown on a weekend and there's not a lot of food nearby like the whole the, the hotel, hotel food is delicious food. yeah it's, i don't think we're gonna do the food trucks this year because we got such a big fnb depending on where we land on fnb we might bring them back next year yeah but um new hotel new questions on like pricing how it's going to cost us you know yeah but down there like a lot unless you like tell businesses you're going to have a convention they they roll up the sidewalk at night in downtown but i mean that's least... absolutely something that y'all should do oh yeah that's the plan of go and tell like the local like mcdonald's hey we're going to have I an mean, event honestly it might be one of those things where you know we stay established at that convention it's kind of like how anthrocon transformed the pittsburgh downtown Right. Where it's like shit remembers to stay open when the con's Because year out. one, Anthrocon, like you said, they rolled up sidewalks Friday at like six o'clock and everything stayed closed all weekend. And then they realized how much money they were missing out from thousands of suspiciously wealthy geeks. <laughs> well, I know that they'll stay open for like some of the anime cons that run through there. You just got to tell them that there's going to be hungry nerds. Yeah. Yep. I mean, let the, I mean, maybe that's something that the Dallas Chamber of Commerce could help get the word out. Yeah. On. Yeah, I know like Addison I would did a lot of like walking just I did like a pinpointed all the like restaurants in Addison and me and Sarah did like a tour of Addison one weekend just telling everybody. And it's some of the folks that I knew from prior years it's like, "Hey, yeah, we'll be back next weekend." I came up with like a little flyer to give them dates. Ah, cool. So, like, yeah, I might want to staff up for this weekend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that's just that's responsible conventioneering. Yes. You also want to let the uh, the local sex workers know. You know, make sure furries that- are coming. They will be hungry and horny. Uh, uh, make sure you stock a little bit higher on the male variety. Yeah. <laughs> make, make sure <laughs> that you that, would uh, normally front load. You know, for I a- do remember the story. It was either Anthrocon or FWA. Where like it was FWA, man. Remember there was prostitutes out front. Yeah, and somebody was like handing out the little cards and people being like, "You're this is the wrong crowd." Yeah, and somebody was like, "They're giving it away for free in there." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, hey, if you're like. The straight furry that comes to, you know... The, the straight furry. <laughs> no, there's there's plenty of straight people there with their pat-pat. Um, but <laughs> it's one of those things, like, yeah, you, you go to a furry con, like, you just need to know people and you get your dick sucked. Um, but I work conventions. I vent. I'm too tired for that nonsense. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah. you're six dick sucked. You just gotta, like, lay, lay back, you know? You can even, like, put on your CPAP and drift off to sleep? Oh, God. Anyways, that would be um, about like the least hey, sexy so, thing to do. So is is that like uh is that like airplay 
You know? <laughs> it's breath play. <laughs> just sec- it's it's the combo somno and breath play. Yeah, because breath play. Breath. That's yeah, yeah. You just take off the cup, and then they can't breathe anymore. You yeah, put back I, on the cup. <laughs> you know, now you can have your breath. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually a, it's a safer version of breath play because you're not actually choking yourself. You're just gonna wake up because of sleep apnea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you weren't done. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yes. There we go. Sleep apnea. Yeah. God. Um. So wow, we've literally cleared an hour on this topic, guys. Good job. I mean, we're kind of passionate about cons. Oh, totally. Oh, I was—I thought you were going to say we're passionate about like getting jerked off while I'm asleep, but you no. Know. But mean, cons, yeah. If yeah, I'm con- asleep, how am I going to know? Cons are great. The dreams, yeah. man. Oh. Anyways, uh, so <laughs> you know, you me. have those like really typical dreams. You're just like, oh no, I showed up to work in my underwear, and I'm so nervous. And then for some reason, I just started coming and coming and coming. And you wake up, and you're like, you you've, you just painted some twink. So, in other news, <laughs> follow up from last week, we mentioned uh, Soto Oak. Soto Oak. How fucking. Oh, right. Yes. Uh, blue so wolf. talk. The dole. The blue wolf-like creature. Yes. Um, so, last week we talked about the shit-headed mayor of some Mississippi town that was like, we're not going to cut the check to the library system because they're gay books in their shelves. Right. Well, guess what? The internet has said, actually, we'll just give them money directly. Yeah. And so, as of the post that's listed here, let me load it up on twitter.com. Uh, they had raised 4,210% of their original goal of 2,500 for a total of 105,000 uh, out of the 110,000 that was being withheld yeah. as of 5.38 a.m. last night. Um, also, the ACLU is getting involved. <laughs> the ACLU has entered the chat and explicitly denying funding to the public library based on the views within its catalog and subject Mayor McKee and the city of Ridgeland's liability under federal constitutional law. And the ACLU is going to be like, guess what? You're going to uh, hear from us. Yep. The Um, ACLU will twist the screws legally, but in the meantime... This will keep the lights uh, on. Furries have donated an absolute fuck ton to the the library, so... Yeah, let me see if I can't load up... Because, I mean, this has gotten a lot of very positive press. Yeah. It's gotten, like ads on facebook it's got news articles all over the place mm-hmm. it's and a lot of them are focusing on the wow these weird animal people have uh have, have stepped up and, and and raised this money yeah like these guys are being like hey they're not going to pay the money for this library to be funded well guess what we'll do it for you fuck off so i just pulled it up again and it's now up to 106 744 yeah, I was I was trying to to like scroll up the thread and it was taking a long time. Yeah, it took, it took me minutes to find it, but yeah, ninety seven percent of the hundred and ten thousand dollars that was being withheld with uh, three days to go still. Yeah, so so like they're gonna get their money, but it, that might take a little while because of the the courts and stuff. But in the meantime, fundraising has been very successful that they will be able to buy their books and pay their their staff and not not be fucked over so yeah give y'all everyone give yourselves a a pat on the back or a rub on the sheath you've done a good job (laughs) (laughs) it's it's good to see the internet i mean it's it's really positive press for the furries and it's really positive press for the library and also to get people to push back against this regressive bullshit right yeah like 
literally like this is the actions of desperate people they want to be like no we have to shove the gays back in the closet and it's like no we're here fuck you Mm -hmm. has to be the defiant response because these guys will try to push everybody back in the closet if they can get the chance to do so yeah so being out there being queer and weird and furry and everything else and also funding the arts is gonna push back against that because this pissant little little mayor thought he was gonna like i'm gonna make there's no gay books in my library and now you have literal international attention on your shithole town talk about the strides of defect yeah like nobody in the wider world knew about your town or you Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I just like, little bear. It's like, fuck. We don't have this kind of money to give the library. How can we piss off everybody to freely fund our library? <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, I'll put my reputation on the line and have people call me a homophobe in order to fund yeah. the library. No, yeah. not the case. No, um, probably not. I know. It's yeah, just. <laughs> they actually did have the uh, the funds earmarked for the library. He's just refusing to cut the check. Oh, I know. I know. It was just. <laughs> yeah. It would be an amusing thought if that was actually the case. It's not, but it's just like. Because I was scrolling back down the thread, it then just took me into the land of, quote, more tweets. And no. it just shows you random semi-related tweets. Like, it's a bunch of fursuiters picks. And it's like, <laughs> where's the end of the thread? <laughs> My parents at age 29. Let's have a baby. Yes, me at age 29. I am a dog. Bark, bark. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, this is content that we are here for. On I, I, I love those uh, those posts that are like, oh, honey, I found a picture of your grandfather. And this is like parent in 2063. And the picture is like some twink dressed like a cat boy and a furry con. <laughs> hey, I mean, if he was a cat boy then, but he bred and had a kid. Mm. In other good news, yes, the uh, a judge has ordered federal protections to be restored for gray wolves across much of the U.S. after they were removed under the waning days of the Trump administration. Oh, woo! Fucking good news. Like, hey, could you really try not to fucking kill wolves? They're actually very important for the ecosystem. Yeah, that whole thing, that whole change that they brought through Yellowstone is amazing. Yeah, um, and like. There's some weird motherfuckers that, like, are posting memes like, smoke a pack a day, and it was, like, a picture of a wolf in crosshairs, and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you, you piece of shit? Uh, It's obviously intentionally offensive, and congratulations, I called you a piece of shit, but, like, what the fuck? (laughs) They're wolves. They have more right to be on that land than you do, you fucking colonizer piece of shit. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But that was some good news for the day. Yeah, that's very good news. That's something that I've kept an eye on for fucking 30 years now yeah i mean i I remember the 90s like before the reintroduction in various places where there was a big save the wolves campaign and like you know and eventually getting them reintroduced to places and that was great and then they tried to like remove their protective status and allow people to start shooting them again and like that's still legal in some places but it's 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 just so stupid like we decimated the wolf population in the 1930s and completely fucked up like the way nature works in large parts of the country and why is there so much deer overpopulation in certain areas because we took out their predators you know why is this that and the other and like there's that article it was like wolves being reintroduced to yellowstone have actually like changed the courses of rivers mm-hmm. because yep. their introduction has altered the the habits of the deer and whatnot yep 
And so, like, over time, it's just caused a shift in the ecosystem. It's pretty amazing. And not even, like, a lot of time. Like, five or ten years. We're not talking, like, centuries. Like, it's fairly quick and apparent, like, the changes that a wolf pack can can make. So, you know, what we're saying is run to the woods and become a wolf or be eaten by them. Either way, help the environment today. Yep. You know, become wolf. Bark, bark, awoo. So... So speaking of you know the uh, the circle of life uh-huh. that oh, <laughs> that um the humans completely fuck up because if if you are buried not only is your body completely full of preservatives so that it won't rot for way longer than it should but a lot of people are buried in these fucking expensive wood lacquered caskets that just don't rot for like a century or more and um if you're cremated that uh, apparently is not great for the environment either like that puts a lot of shit up into the air so i i read recently about a um a, a new thing they're doing well i don't know how new it is it's actually not new now that i think about it they were doing it in i believe the mountains in tibet like thousands of years ago. Oh, sky burials? Sky burials, yeah. Mm. Um, except it's not legal to do that in America, so there's a, a new take on it. And it's basically, it's a, it's a water burial. It's like your body is put into a solution that is like 90 or 97% water, and with like a small amount of of other chemicals to basically speed up the process of the decomposition and basically the slurry that's left over is really good composting material so they will use it for composting and then plant a tree so you can help out a tree after you're dead and then they take the only thing that doesn't go away is the skeleton so they will take the skeleton grind that up and much like cremation, you still get basically a bag of dust at the end of it. And you actually get a little more ashes than you would through cremation because more of the skeleton remains, you know, when it's crushed up as opposed to when it's burned off. So, but, and I, I read this because there's like a place in Colorado. It happened to pop up on my Facebook, an article about it. And I was like, so it's like, it's better for the environment. It's cheaper, and you know, I like. I always wanted to be cremated anyway because I don't want to take up any space after I'm dead. You know, I figure I already take up enough space that while I'm alive. And this is like I'd always joke that like when I die, just wrap me in plastic and throw me in a ditch. But this is actually like really close to that, but legal. That's cool. I mean, I'm like sure, cremate me, whatever. Me, don't put me in a box in the ground. I don't. I don't need that shit. Yeah. Need Load to- me into a shotgun shell and shoot it into Mitch McConnell's face, because he'll be alive by then. He's a lich. Oh man, or, I or Kissinger. You know the uh, yeah the the other option is to just fucking cover my body with tar, light me on fire, and trebuchet me into Mitch McConnell's living room. <laughs> <laughs> like, just we freeze you first, and then you are a weapon. Let, yes, let me do, <laughs> like- let me do something good. Uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Let me make real political change. <laughs> they freeze you in like this position with like, the hands <laughs> over your head, you know, it, it, your feet flat, and then you, they just load you into trebuchet. Tre- tre- you just dive gracefully into his living room. Yes, there we go. <laughs> That's how I want to be disposed of after I die. 
Because, <laughs> like, yo, who needs a gravestone to be remembered in 200 years? That shit will get written into history books. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> How fun. How fun. Yes. Uh, so. so I do have a little bit of a book report. Uh-oh. Yes. Yes. So last week I mentioned I had picked up the book uh, Finding Normal, Sex, Love, and Taboo in Our Hyperconnected World by Alexa Sulis Ray. Alexa, as in, oh, sorry, I activated her. <laughs> and her last name, move your finger fuzz. No, the, on the bottom. It's T-S-O-U-L-I-S-R-E-A-Y. And so she is an author who writes for New York Magazine, writes the articles titled What's It Like?, which covers, like, you know, days in the life of individuals. And this particular book was a triesty on and really a highlight of several of her articles that she's written in the past, but also how people in communities find each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and largely thanks to the internet. So I mentioned last week that the first episode, or first episode, the first chapter was on consensual non-monogamy slash polygamous families. Mm. And it's really kind of cute because the people involved are, got started with this in like the 1960s and 70s. When it was like it was super taboo. Super taboo. And nowadays we're like monogamy in this economy. Exactly. They talk about how, like, it was done in the old days, and then she talks about how, thanks to the hyper-connected world of the internet, that these people can find each other on, like, Facebook and stuff now. Yeah. And it's kind of cute because it's like, oh, this is weird, isn't it? Not really. <laughs> not, not th- Like, I'm one of those people that, no, no, actually, that's not. That's fine. Um, given, you know, y'all and my own experiences. So right. There's that. Second chapter was on age gap relationships, which in this article, and that one is about like people have like 30 year age gaps. But even then, like, you know, they find each other via the Internet. It's very cool. Did we talk on the show about this or was this something that we talked about over IM? But like I saw this Am I the Asshole post that was posted to Twitter where someone was like, I got this 26 year old woman kicked out of the girls support group at this college because it's only supposed to be for people up to age 25 that was something we talked about with amongst each other okay yeah and like this old person who's 26 has like is friends with like a lot of 19 year olds and that's weird and gross and sus yeah and it's just like get your head out of your ass well the article the the article i keep saying article because they're based upon her articles but each chapter is like 50 pages of the 250 page book and so, like, the people in the stories get a lot of flack. Like, even though the older partner is 60 and the younger partner is, like, 30, people call the older partner a pedophile. <laughs> and I'm sorry, hooking up with a 30-year-old does not make you a pedophile. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's fucking weird how, like, that type of brain rot... I mean, it's because of the internet. Yeah. But, like, they talk about various couples that are listed in the book. Third chapter was about a couple of... Uh, aromantic slash asexual people mm-hmm. and how people who were like i'm the only person like this in the world who are not clearly mm-hmm. but you know how the internet has allowed those people to hook up and tell a couple you know individual stories so it's kind of unfortunate because like the main character of the of this chapter is kind of unsympathetic mm-hmm. because like she has a friend and then she moves in over there and help raise the kids and she's like eh, i'm done and leaves and it's like eh. You don't come across as a great person here. Mm. Yeah. That's, you know, just me. And those were the three quote-unquote normal chapters. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the back two chapters are the more the taboo parts. Um, Ooh, like, they're edgy. You'll have to wear gloves reading this book because you'll get a paper cut. Well, it was funny because the Goodreads reviews were very split on that. It was like, the first half's uh-huh. really good, and the back half I had to put down. <laughs> um, and, like, the fourth chapter kind of really did squick me, honestly, more than anything in the book, because mm-hmm. um, it was about genetic sexual attraction, which is basically, it's it's incest, essentially. But, like related to in this case in both cases it was parent and child was and it was because the 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 thought mechanism behind it is like basically you have an adult the parent in your life and they disappear until you're an adult so you don't have that bonding time normally between parent and child or siblings and then when you reconnect as adults if you do you're you want to have that bonding but because the parent-child thing wasn't there to begin with, because they left so early, mm-hmm. it kind of manifests in towards a sexual side of things. So right. I, I've read a couple articles on this before. Another thought on that is that there's some gut-level recognition, because it's occurred between people who didn't know that they were related. Yeah. And yeah. it came out later on. And there's some kind of, like... I mean, it happens all the time in the South. Mental, like... um like hey and it's it's specifically when they're the genetically related people are separated when one of them is exceeding or both is exceedingly young whether brother sister parents child there's just apparently there's like a period between like up till nine where if you don't have like that family bonding period this can occur uh and it it's like okay you meet this person, there's something about them that you find fascinating, and something clicks, and there's something kind of recognition about it. Yeah, it's like some wires getting crossed. Yeah. Yeah, and so, and not in the sexual way, but, uh, so, I could say the first time I saw this happen to me, it wasn't a sexual thing, but I had been flying, living in Oz, and I flew back and forth a couple times. Well, one time, I happened to get a layover that was going to stop me near my sisters. Well, in the course of living with Oz, uh, living in Oz, I hadn't seen my family all that much. And between when I saw her last and she got married, and then she'd had a baby. And the baby was toddler age. So up walking around, right? And I arrived after kid was asleep. Woke up the next morning to hearing toddler babble. Woke up, put on my glasses to see this little girl come toddling out. And it was like something punched me in the stomach. It was like, holy crap, yes, she is definitely my sister's child. Like, there was no doubt in my mind. It was like a very gut reaction. Mm -hmm. So I can see how that kind of happened. And a similar thing happened when I met my half-brother, who's five years older than me, for the first time. It was an instant, like, yep. And it's a very gut-level reaction. I can't describe it, but it's this just, oh, there's something about you that's wow. And luckily I knew it that this was my half brother. I knew that this was my niece. But just that gut punch. It's it's so eerie. It's never happened to me before or since. It's Not like with my this, cousins. This, this person is connected to me. This is like family something or something. Weird. Yeah. But it was it was eerie. It's I haven't experience that not with my other cousins not with anyone else but definitely these two occurrences it was a very 
powerful recognition emotion. Yeah. Now, me and my brother, I think he's kind of a dumbass, and I don't really, personality-wise, I don't want, really want anything to do with him. But from just a visual, like, holy shit standpoint, you know, that's definitely, it, it's a thing. Yeah. It, it's a big thing. So the, the two stories in that particular chapter, um, one was a young woman who had been separated from her father for like 17 years and like her mom had intentionally kept things out from her. So she mm. didn't have time to see. She kept her dad from her. And then like when they got back together, it went weird places. Mm. Um, and the other people that were interviewed was an, a woman who was who became teen pregnant in like the 60s. Yeah. And so she got shuffled off to an unwed mother's home till the kid got born, saw the kid like the last time when he was three, and then was only able to like reconnect with him as an adult. And like, even though she had those feelings, he was like, that's fucking <laughs> no. weird, mom. No. Okay. Um, and she had to, you know, understand that. But it was like, these were instances that they chose that the author yeah. chose to use. Though she does mention a couple other studies where also it also happened among siblings, but they focused on two parent-child instances. In See, one. that's that's not at all what I thought that chapter was going to be about. Because when I read the title, I thought it said Gennett sexual attraction, so I thought it was about Chester Ringtail. Yeah, <laughs> sadly, no. It was a bit more creepy. Like, I found the chapter very off-putting, even if, though, by the end, things kind of shook out okay. Right. Um, the fifth chapter and the last one in the book was actually the most sympathetically written one of the whole thing. And it's basically a long-form interview slash, like, slice of life interview of a Canadian zoophile. He's, like, he's been married to his human wife for 20 years, but he also has a horse, and it talks about his history and all this stuff. And, like, it's stuck at the back of the book, and you'd expect it to be the most shocking of the chapters, but really it's not. She writes very sympathetically mm. about how, like, this guy has to do, like, crazy opsec and keeping himself safe and all this other stuff. And how, like, having friends is difficult because of all this stuff. And it was one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, this is a very sympathetic chapter. And even if it's a very taboo topic, like, there's still people. Because it's like, if you look at Perv by Jesse Baring, kind of talks about how people get these things. Like, how paraphilias develop, how... Like a lot of this stuff is genetic and born with, and it's baked in by the time you're hitting puberty. If you're a guy, if you're a cis guy, mm -hmm. and then like this one, finding normal is more about like individuals who deal with that shit type stuff, mm. and like not as these people are good or bad. It's just like these people simply are, and this is how they exist in our world with thanks to the internet. Overall, it was an okay read. I'm really wondering what the target market is for this. I know she's written for a mainstream publication about this so like but i don't know if i'd ever see it on the shelf at a barnes and noble or see it at an airport you know mm. but then again if you're a fan of her her writing which has been in like new york magazine for a good number of years then i guess you're gonna you might be interested to pick it up because it's all expansions on the articles she's written because you know it's 50 pages per chapter as opposed to like you know three thousand words in the magazine Right. But I, I picked that up because it seemed interesting because it covered, you know, topics that I'm, you know, at least knowledgeable of. It's like, oh, haha, you know, open relationships and, and age gaps. Well, I don't know anything about that, lol. But it was a good read. 
Um, it just came out. I think it has an audiobook. Like, you still have to finish reading Perv Fuzz, because I've loaned you my copy of that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just like, hey, picked up a book, read it. That's two books for the year. Go me. Yeah, that's um, good. There's my book report. I give it three out of five, because two chapters really squicked me. <laughs> um, well, not really squicked. One squicked me, and one just was like, huh, this, char- this, per- this, I have this character sucks. She's a real person, but it's like, yeah. <laughs> You just ghosted this kid that you'd been raising. That's not cool. Yeah. Mm. That's my one interesting thing of the week, because I read a book. I read a big, long book, and Adam curled up in my lap the entire time. He was very happy. He's like, oh, they're sitting on the couch, and I don't have to, like, move. Well, I mean, I read a statistic the other day. There was a statistic out about um, American book reading habits, Uh and it was something like 58% of american adults don't read a single book in a year for pleasure that's so weird because that's mostly what i do right and it's, so it's like it's a small number of us and then there's like a small percentage that will maybe read one or two you know and then there's like a small percentage of like real book lovers that will read like one a week basically yeah so like yeah the you know, it's February. You've read two books. You're I'm ahead of the curve. Well ahead of the majority I, of I'm American still working adults. my way through uh, how sex got screwed up. Yeah, like you're way ahead as far as like page count goes at this yeah, point. I'm that's two fifty pages or so. Perv was like two hundred and forty and then how sex got screwed up is a thousand sixty eight. Yeah. I mean now obviously it's not all book book. It's like there's the bibliography and the index and stuff. Yeah, but I mean, I think still that's almost a thousand pages in How Sex Got Screwed Up is actual text. Yeah. And then when I finish that, I need to pick up volume two, which is another $93 book because it's a thousand pages. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Print on demand via Vernon Press. Going to have my like human sexuality bookshelf. Pretty much. Yeah. You're building like a reference library. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> honestly, like it's a topic that's very interesting to me. It's something I would have gone into if I'd been able to go to like a four year college. Mm-hmm. Like humans are fucking weird and i like understanding them a little bit better yeah like being able to think a little deeper on a topic other than oh it's icky yeah so there's that but it was one of those things i was like oh you know i'm gonna stop commenting about you know reading these chapters at chapter four because god help me if i post something heterodox on twitter Mm. um anyways so we're now sitting at like an hour and a half is there anything else we wanted to talk about tonight? Got, oh, you you said you've been well. No, I was like you brought that up last week, but you're reading Tim Sussman's new book. You got the proof cover. Oh yeah, yeah. I finished cool. reading the book, did the layout, got it up to the printer. Uh, I approved the proof tonight, the electronic proof. Uh, so I'm going to order some print copies. My next move on that will be to send out some review copies and uh, start doing some marketing get it into the distribution systems for pre-sales and stuff like that and uh, and all that fun book marketing stuff but uh it was a really enjoyable book uh, like it's paranormal romance detective story human main character werewolf boyfriend werebear ghost partner lots of werewolves so should appeal you know, Lots of weird things in general. A dozen yes. plus two, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't count them. I don't think there's that many. But... Oh, if he had done, if he had managed to get that little fourteen weird characters in a book, yeah, maybe funny. it'll become like a series and Important, add up yeah. to a total of fourteen. It'd be like, well, 
I have to stop now. I've reached the meme number. Yep. <laughs> the 14th werewolf is like the title of the book and last book in the series. And it's, you know, murder mystery because only 13 werewolves made it to the waffle house. Where was the 14th and who did it? <laughs> or who did he do? Oh no. <laughs> oh no. He got fucked by a dude with a silver condom, a silvered condom. <laughs> How would that work? The burning, the burning. Oh God. God. I mean, silver does play a part in it. I mean, yeah, it's werewolves. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's cool. Uh, next week, there will be... We are going to record next week. And oh, then, okay. I wasn't sure since you have a con. I mean, I got I can set up from like 2 to 8. So mm-hmm. I have, I'm have. i going to go out... I'm going to get the product on my hands like on Wednesday. Yeah. Go set up Thursday afternoon. We can record and then I'll be out there friday saturday sunday yeah so yeah there's no reason to not record and i'll get we can talk more about this last week's bullshit um mm-hmm. maybe i'll finish a book in between then and now probably not mm-hmm. um and i can talk about it some more but you know do a chapter book a chapter report on uh like this week and how sex got screwed up i read about how the brits fucked everything god damn them you mean in a bad way right not yeah. they physically fucked everything yeah yeah Remember, there's a very common phrase that keeps recurring in that book, and then things got worse for women. (laughs) God damn it. Yeah. Uh, So, we're going to probably wrap it up here, because it's now an hour and a half on the raw. On the raw. On the raw. Raw, yeah. Yeah, chapter six about in this book is raw dogging. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, So, you can buy some books at forplanet.com. You can buy some audio books at, or e-books at... (laughs) Baddogbooks.com. Bad we have a yeah. Patreon, patreon.com slash southpawscast, or you can, like, throw a buck our way as a tip jar. Though I think, like, the way that the fees are structured, like, a single dollar donation gives us, like, 30 cents now. It's fucked up. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, we get fucking nothing, really. Uh, you fine. can send us an email at imgoingandraw at gmail.com. Uh, uh, southpawscast no. at gmail.com. <laughs> and suddenly somebody gets a really fucking weird email. <laughs> like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Yep, sadly no, there is uh there's just spam today. Oh no. That's fine though. <laughs> okay. We're we're not that provocative, I guess. Mm. Like we just talk bullshit and people are like, eh, why would I email them? We can talk to them in the Telegram fan chat, which there's a link in the show notes. There's a hundred and ninety people that will talk occasionally. Not a hundred and ninety people actually talk, it's just like there's a hundred and ninety members in the group and there's many of them share furry porn. Yep, furry porn and topics and whatnot, and it's it's a nice pleasant space that we curate very strongly. It is a fun time. Beyond that, hopefully I I might get to see some people at HarmonyCon next weekend. Mm-hmm. I might reconnect with some of my old pony people and try not to have a panic attack. Bring um, a knife. And then in like Just in case there's month, any old foes there to settle score with. It's like, aha, you have hacked me down. Time for some Mortal Kombat in the vendor hall. <laughs> uh, then, of course, Fiesta in like a month. Holy fuck, guys. Five weeks-ish. Because uh, I've got I've got staff this year. I'm going to probably be helping. I'm going to be helping all over the guy in place this year for the con. So I'm going to be riding ragged. But at least I got a room at the hotel. So I don't have to drive home. Beyond that, ah, be good kids. And hey, don't go to cities you don't live in and try to start a convention. It's just rude. Mm. That's our tip for the week. PSA. Yep. So on that note, good night. And buy books.